Welcome to another episode of Investing Compass. Before we begin, a quick note that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal situation, circumstances, or needs. And today we're going to talk about performance. And all investors, of course, talk about performance and care about performance. For instance, my Christmas present to Shawnee of SJ or Cyanjoy is now up a shocking 109% since I made it in early November. Now, if I annualize that performance and I apply it to my overall portfolio, I will be a billionaire in around a decade. I feel like the stock that you put $18 into because it had my initials as a ticker symbol isn't really the best way to frame this discussion, Mark. Well, probably not, but I wanted to keep people updated with the fact that it's now up 109%, which Mm -hmm. is great. It was up 8% overnight. We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, I have no idea what the date is. Well, we were making jokes back at Christmas that if it did do well, we would go to Benelong. So it's got a ways to go. Yes. I think it's I think it's what's up to like thirty-four dollars now. Yeah. Something like that. But so half a cocktail. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We could share a cocktail there at Benelong. Sounds good. Sounds good. But getting back to real performance, obviously the overall performance of your portfolio is important. That is, of course, why all of us invest. We want our savings to earn a return that helps us achieve our goals. Simple as that. So strong performance is, of course, a good thing, but performance also gets us in trouble as an investor. And what Mark is referring to is our tendency to chase performance. This may be simplified a bit, but some investors just check in periodically on what has performed well and extrapolate that performance into the future and decide to shift their funds into that particular investment. Kind of like the extrapolation that Mark just did when he declared he would be a billionaire in a decade. But chasing performance can lead to bad outcomes. There's a notion called reversion to the mean, which when applied to investing means that what did really well will not continue to outperform in the future. And by chasing returns, you're in fact going to have your overall portfolio get hurt in the long run. And there is a reason why this occurs. Shares that significantly outperform generally do so because they have significant increases in valuations. High valuations lead to lower long-term returns and increase the risk you face as an investor. That's because with those high valuations come really high expectations which become harder to meet. Not meeting those expectations can lead to falls in the share price. In fact, there is a whole investment strategy that calls for doing the opposite of chasing performance. It's called Dogs of the Dow and refers to buying the 10 highest yielding shares in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, with the high yield generally referring to shares that have underperformed as low prices equal high dividend yields. But Investing Compass isn't about gimmicks. It is about fundamental analysis. So while I think that's illustrative of reversion to the mean, let's move on to how you should think about performance in your overall portfolio. The simple answer is thinking about what you are trying to accomplish and seeing if you're on track to achieve that goal. That starts with knowing the return you need to achieve your goal. We are huge proponents of goals-based investment approach that uses risk capacity or how much risk you need to achieve your goal. And that starts with defining your goal and knowing what return you need to achieve it. We talked about that in our portfolio construction episode, which we will add to our episode notes. So let's assume that you know your goal and what return you need over the time horizon you have until the goal and taking into account the amount you will continue to contribute. That way we can measure the actual return against the return we need. So let's say you need a 7% return a year to achieve your goal and your portfolio goes up 10% a year. Well, that's of course a good thing. 
you've exceeded the return needed and your total return needed over the rest of the time until your goal will go down. And that is, of course, one year. And just like we shouldn't chase performance on an individual investment, we need to look longer term to make that meaningful. The key is to achieve that required rate of return over the long term or until you achieve your goal. And while we very much encourage you to look at returns within the context of what you need to achieve to meet your goals, we're also realistic that many investors will also look at returns in other ways. And one popular way to look at returns is within the context of an index. If you are out there picking individual shares or actively managed products, then it's very tempting to compare performance against that of an index. An index, after all, represents a return that an average investor gets. So to see if your decisions have caused you to get a return that is above average, that is thought to be a very good thing. And it is in many regards, because when you decide to make active bets, you're foregoing something, and that is to forego investing in a passive product, which replicates an index which you can do for a very low fee. And this is also the way that professional investors look at performance. They have an index associated with the strategy they are executing and measure performance against the index. But so often investing, what is done by professionals is not necessarily what an individual investor should do. And you have to remember that professional investors measure performance against an index because they don't know anything about the investors who have turned over their funds. If you manage a fund, you have no clue what goals people are trying to accomplish and what return they need to achieve their goals. For instance, in 2008, the S&P 500 went down 38.49%, clearly not a good year. But if you were an active manager and benchmarked against that index and your portfolio went down 30%, you were probably hanging out at establishment popping champagne. You've done great compared to an index. But if you're an investor and planning to retire at the end of 2008, you probably aren't popping champagne and you might be looking for a job at establishment. I feel like that's a very Sydney-centric reference, Mark. So why don't you have a go at explaining what establishment is? Well, since you used to go there, why don't you have a go at explaining <laughs> what it is? Don't turn this on me, no. It's just a pretentious bar on <laughs> okay. George Street in Sydney. So it seems like somewhere you go after beating the index for a year if you were a fund manager. Okay, so... Interestingly enough, I'm going there tonight. You are. <laughs> to, <laughs> to Morningstar's Fund Manager of the Year Awards. I so. wonder why we decided to hold it there. I, I don't know. Mm. So context and goals are really important, but it also must be asked what index you should track your performance against. Professional investors can generally do this because they have a defined strategy that governs the types of investments they can make. If you can only invest in the 500 largest companies in the US, the S&P 500 makes sense as a benchmark. But most individual investors have no such mandate. You can invest in whatever you want, and we recommend that you have a diversified portfolio that invests in local and global shares, enlisted property and infrastructure, and bonds and cash. Becomes a little harder to find an index that matches that asset allocation. Yes, there are multi-sector indexes out there, but the real question is, what is the point of doing that? What are you getting out of comparing your performance to an index, and how does it make you a better investor? The answer over the short term is that it probably doesn't without understanding a bit more about your portfolio and the market. No investment strategy is going to perform well in every environment. Even strategies that have exceptional long-term performance have off years. Even the best investors have bad years. That doesn't mean it's time to cut and run. That type of reaction is simply chasing performance. And the key to assessing your performance is to truly understand the strategy you're trying to execute and the types of environments it might perform in. For instance, I've been vocal that for my non-retirement accounts, I'm interested in companies with low business risk that tend to be in good financial shape, 
operate in non-cyclical industries and tend to be larger companies. And I, of course, invest in companies that pay dividends and that I believe will grow that income stream over time. And that, of course, has implications. Several of the things Mark said, strong financial condition, larger companies, non-cyclical industries and dividend payers will generally mean lower volatility. And that is simply his strategy, which aligns to his goals. It doesn't make a right or wrong for anyone listening, but it does make a right for Mark. And those choices will have consequences. There are certain types of market environments that my portfolio should perform well in, and certain environments where my portfolio will likely underperform. As Shani mentioned, it's likely that my portfolio will have lower volatility. That means that in really strong markets where speculation is going off the charts and greed is taking over, my portfolio probably won't perform well. That is when investors lower their risk tolerance as their confidence runs high. That can be a period where the economy is growing, which means cyclical companies may be experiencing a lot of growth and doing very well. But conversely, in poor market environments, when investors are fearful and the economy is either expected to do poorly or is falling into a recession, there is a flight to safety. Exactly the companies that Mark is looking to buy. You would expect outperformance most of the time in that environment. And that played out last year. Speculative companies did really poorly, with the NASDAQ, which has a big tilt towards technology, falling over 33% in U.S. dollar terms. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 fell a relatively good 20%. The S&P 500 high dividend index only fell around 6.25%. My portfolio more closely resembles that high dividend index. That certainly doesn't make me a good or bad investor. In fact, during the run-up post-COVID, the opposite was the case as the NASDAQ ran wild. So this is where we want to be careful about short-term comparisons. The other important thing to do when looking at how your portfolio has performed is to go through an exercise called attribution. And this is to simply understand why your portfolio performed a certain way. Strategy is certainly one part of it, but it also is looking at what impacted your performance. Was it asset allocation decisions? Was it because of currency? Was it the individual companies that you picked? And the basis for this is knowing what's in your portfolio, something we constantly preach on Investing Compass. We need to understand our portfolio and why it is performing in a certain way, because that makes it less likely you would do what we talked about at the beginning. That is chasing performance and constantly switching into new investments based on that performance. That is a definite way to make sure you don't achieve your goals. So if you're going to look at performance, and we know you will, just make sure that you do it with the context of what you need to achieve your goals. Make sure you don't react too much to short-term performance, which includes any single year, and make sure you understand how your strategy and what is in your portfolio has impacted your performance. Over a long time horizon, one year is just that, one year. We want to avoid catastrophic losses through diversification, but once we've done that, we need to understand that one year is not going to make or break you. The biggest impediment is probably going to be overtrading and poor decisions you make in response to that performance. All right. Well, that is the episode. Thank you very much for listening. We would love if you shared this podcast with any friends or family. That will get us over our benchmark, Shani, and then we can go pop champagne at establishment. Any advice in this podcast is general advice or regulated financial advice under New Zealand law prepared by Morningstar Australasia Proprietary Limited and or Morningstar Research Limited without reference to your financial objectives, situations or needs. You should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest. To obtain advice for your own situation, contact a financial advisor.